0: And indeed, we are all about
1: small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm so excited to be joined by Kristen Zhivago, the president of Zhivago Partners. And uh, Kristen and I were just talking a little bit offline about uh, some of the amazing, amazing uh, areas that I know over the past many decades um, that, uh, Kristen, that you've dedicated your uh, your life to. Um, but Zhivago Partners, digital marketing management, would love to talk to you about that. But let's get to know you, the person behind the microphone first. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, I've been in tech for um, decades um, and uh, sort of branched out to a a number of types of different businesses when the web emerged in 1994. Always been doing sales and marketing, was a revenue coach for decades for CEOs and entrepreneurs, teaching them how to figure out what their customers want to buy from them and how they want to buy it. And I've basically as you say, dedicated my life to the gap between what the customer really wants and what companies think they want, which is always not on target. So I try to fix that gap.
1: Absolutely. And little known fact that I know you spent um, quite a bit of time in Silicon Valley. And so uh, certainly different experiences. Uh, out there and now, uh, out in Rhode Island, but, uh, Zhivago Partners, you're, uh, you are a subject matter expert across the nation and, um, you have written a book, a fantastic read, Roadmap to Revenue, How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. And I know you're very passionate about that, about making sure that you're actually interviewing. Your customers. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is your sort of unique value proposition? What is sort of that game changer mentality that you have both in your book as well as that you talk to everybody who's willing to listen about?
2: Yeah, I I found this out as especially we started a uh, high tech ad agency, my husband and I, a long time ago in Silicon Valley. And as I was working with clients, excuse me, I discovered that the client would say, here's what's important to our customer. And it was a list. And I would say, okay, and it all made sense. And then I'd go and interview their customers and their list was different. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, we've got a problem here. Um, And that meant that everything they were doing with sales and marketing was off base, which really counts now because people come to your website. And in a couple of nanoseconds, if you haven't made it very clear what you're selling and why they would benefit from it, um, they just go away, and they don't come back typically, so and they can find your competitor within seconds again, you know, because of Google, Google has changed everything about buying the whole buying process, so I started really focusing on those customer interviews and making sure I understood the customer's buying process for the different types of products and services in the world, and that's all mapped out in the book um so that's the trick is understanding who they are and it's just simple telephone interviews chapter three in my book covers it in great detail tells you exactly how to do it what to do I've conducted thousands of those interviews and I put all my secrets in the book because I want everybody to be able to do this and under it just shockingly it only takes five to seven interviews of uh, customers of a given type for you to have bankable Concepts that work out in the marketplace.
1: Yeah, Secrets No More. The book is called Roadmap to Revenue How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. Uh, basically changing your mindset from seller to buyer uh, to understand what your customers want to buy from you and what they want to and what they want to buy from you. Again, that's written by our guest right now, Kristen Zhivago from uh, Zhivago Partners, Digital Marketing Management. And If there's one sort of term that I'd use to describe you, Kristen, it's the inventor of mindset-driven marketing, which leads us to other topic, which is digital marketing management. Uh, We were joking about uh, technology challenges. And you said that you've been in technology for several decades now. So uh, what is digital marketing? um, And why should our listeners care?
2: Well, digital is where marketing is now. So you really do have to care. (laughs) I mean, the age of print and all of that's gone. It's basically gone. So that's where the marketplace is. It's fully digital. It's complicated. It changes frequently. I mean, Google changes its algorithm like four times a day, and there's 200 criteria that it uses to rank you on top. Uh, and it's it consists of the things that we have heard of and know about, SEO, search engine optimization, social media, email marketing, content marketing, um, you know, just all of those things that bring leads to you. But they don't all work, and they certainly don't all work for, a specific company selling to a specific kind of audience, which is one of the reasons you have to interview your customers and ask them how they typically buy. What's their buying process? For example, B2B buyers hardly ever go to Google if they're looking for a B2B service. They go to their network. So you have to figure out, how do I get into the network? How do I work through the people that would then recommend me and help that recommendation process? So it's a completely different um, process than you would use if you're an e-commerce company selling consumables or something like that. So you really have to be careful because a lot of people say, oh, well, if you're selling, you need to be doing this. And they're the ones selling that. So they, they want you to do what they think you should do when, in fact, it might not be at all appropriate for your customer's buying process. So you really want to reverse engineer a successful buying process so you can create new sales and quantity. And that's what we do for our clients.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And I know uh, very shortly in the program, we're going to uh, continue the conversation talking about international business as well. So on that topic, um, one of the, I would say the silver lining of this pandemic, if there is any, is that the world has opened up. Um, and so when we're talking about digital marketing, obviously, this is a timely topic as we moving to the end of uh, the first quarter of 2022, what changes have you seen, Kristen, in, in your time in this, in this industry um, from maybe 10 years ago now to where do you see things in 10 years from now?
2: Well, the, the trend is pretty obvious. Um, it's, and you're right, it has sped up because of COVID. People are much more used to um, shopping online and, and working at home. There's a whole bunch of people that don't want to go back to the office, and so employers are dealing with that right now. Um, So the world really has, and COVID made it even more of a progression. It has gone digital. And if you don't understand how that all works, my most popular article on my blog is how websites are actually constructed, because people who are managing marketing now need to understand that we have clients that come to us, don't even know where their domain is hosted. And your domain is like mycompany.com. And if you don't know where that is and how to get in there, if you have a problem, (sighs) (laughs) you're really, you could be out of business. I mean, it's that your the website and all the things that go with it are now your business. It's where people expect to find you and learn all about you. So you really can't just sort of blow it off and say, well, it's a, it's a brochure and I don't need to do much with it. You know, it's a dead document kind of thing. That doesn't work anymore. It's all interactive. And customers can talk to each other now, not just Google being able to find whatever you want. If you type in the right phrase, they assume they're going to find it. But the other thing is customers are telling each other, oh, this is great looking, but when I got it, look how it came. And and after just the, the silver wore off and it was all brown hmm. and, you know, these are things that people tell each other that they never would have seen before. The whole Amazon answer questions from other customers, read reviews. That has changed everything. So you really uh, have to I, be I on top of it. I can say for
1: certain that uh, our listeners can find you all over the place, um, both uh, podcasts as well as, of course, your fantastic uh, best-selling book, Roadmap to, Roadmap to Revenue: How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy, and that's all by Kristen Javago. So, Kristen. Um, Real brief in our final few seconds remaining, what is the one homework assignment that you want to give to all of our listeners that you want to have them put into action in the week ahead? And how can they get in touch with you?
2: Uh, They can get in touch with me by just Googling me um, because I I dominate the page, of course, because I know what I'm doing. Um, And the second thing is shivagopartners.com is our website. The book is on Amazon. Honestly, I would rent they get the book and read chapter three, which will tell you exactly how to interview your customers and then just do it. Just do it or have someone do it for you. It's a very simple process. Doesn't cost much, doesn't take long, and it will change your whole perspective. You'll see the light and be able to make good decisions after that.
1: Interview your customers. Certainly a change in mindset, change in perspective. And that's what I've learned today. My homework assignment from Kristen Zhivago. And I will be reading chapter three of uh, this fantastic read. But we've got to squeeze in a quick break. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to having you back on real soon. Quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and our continuing our conversation with thought leaders, industry experts. You don't want to miss a minute of it. Don't touch that dot. We'll be here. Welcome back to Get Time to Business, the show about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. My next guest was born in Turkey, but has spent the last quarter of a century running a highly successful professional localization service based in in the UK. We're going to talk about what that means, localization. Uh, It's something I'm very, very passionate about, but I'm thrilled to be joined by Levent Ayuladziv-Goran, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. But uh, Levin, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise with our listeners.
3: Thank you, Shalom. Great to be with you. And you pronounced my name correctly. Thank you. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) I appreciate it. Well, I'm very
1: passionate. I talk about this all the time on Get Down to Business. Uh, Passionate about certainly travel, uh, passionate about learning other cultures. And as I was just uh, talking about earlier in the program, uh, the silver lining of COVID is that... uh, the the world has opened up to even small business owners. I want to get to know your story, 11th of how you became so passionate about the world and the world of business specifically.
3: Thank you. Thank you for asking. Shalom. I I'd love to talk I'd like I love talking about languages, localization. What got me interested in 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 localization, which is essentially a way to communicate our brand message our corporate message to our target audience. I came to UK when I was 18, so I lived longer in the UK than I lived in my home country, Turkey. And um, I soon realized that the, my language, having a, a Turkish mother tongue, meant that I could do things that other people couldn't. And once I started making some connections with, because of the language, I realized that, this is actually something that of a passion for me. And, and one thing led to another. And me and my wife, we co-founded our uh, translation company, initially working just for, for, from English into Turkish. And then we organically grown into now with over 100 languages. And making those connections, getting a business's brand message to their target customers in other languages, is has become a passion, and it is so rewarding for us, and as well as for the businesses. Of course, for our customers, they can grow their businesses exponentially because of their international connections.
1: So wow, I hear the passion in your kind voice, Evans. I hear the passion in your voice, you. and I know that you are passionate not only in your voice, but also in your words as well. And you wrote a fantastic read called Good Business in Any Language, How to Thrive in Global Markets. And it's on that topic that I want to continue our conversation and specifically cater to small business owners, entrepreneurs that are tuning in to get down to business. of. Uh, and you've already touched on this, the advantages of growing globally. But how do you know if you're actually ready to make that leap?
3: It's a, it's a great question. Great question. Because if, if you make it too early, it could backfire on you. If you leave it too long, it is so easy to lose uh, space to competition. Or some business owners may lose motivation. So doing it timely is so important. Now, the most important thing is from the experiences that I've seen working with dozens of customers over the years is that, You have to have a a product or service that is established. But I don't mean by establishing, I don't mean like years and, you know, decades of experience. What I mean by established, it is a proven and tested product or service that works and has a loyal customer base in your domestic country. Once you have this, then this is, in my opinion, is the best time to go forward, and what I also notice is that as business owners, we are too much focused on our profit and loss accounts. We try to cut the cost, we try to control the cost. I mean, Shalom, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. We have to we have to look after our you know hard-earned cash so we can't just waste it. But to grow the business, we have to go beyond our profit and loss accounts. And what is best really to grow the business is to take our product or services to another market. When Apple has decided to sell in China in 2009, I think, their share prices has gone up even further. Why? Because they had a product that worked, they had loyal customer base, and they were taking now to uh, millions of potential users. And the stock market reacted to that straight away. Now, for small businesses, entrepreneurs, can they replicate this? In my opinion, definitely. Why? Because the world is ready for global vision.
1: That's with, awesome.
3: Uh, payment, That's fantastic. Payment, <laughs> thank you. But, you know, with payment gateways, now collecting money was a major problem. Only large companies could, have, could do it maybe 20 years ago. But today, there are so many payment gateways. You can you can make a payment to somebody in other side of the world within seconds, and they'll collect that payment within seconds. The logistics has gone really uh, developed. We have online marketplaces. There are thousands of online marketplaces. Not just you know you don't have to stick to eBay or Amazon. There's so many. So go global. There are available now. Is is has. It hasn't been a, a, a best time as as we have today, and pandemic has kind of helped because a lot of businesses who were in in their domestic markets realized that actually I can sell this product in other part of the world or countries close within close proximity. It opened a lot of opportunities. Yes, okay, it brought some some despair and and difficulties, definitely, but also. Created opportunities for many businesses,
1: and that's what I like to hear. Seeing the uh, seeing the opportunity and the challenge for sure. Again, I'm chatting with the international business expert. That's Levent Yıldız um, who uh, was born in Turkey, but has spent the last quarter of a century uh, building businesses. He's written this fantastic book called "Good Business in Any Language." Markets. We've been chatting a little bit about that, um, and what I love about what you've done, uh, Levent, is uh, also this translation challenge. Um, And I want to spend a minute or two talking about that because even through the pandemic, you have been actually creating multiple, creating businesses around the world where where folks can actually come together and learn about a, a potential market to help exactly the people we've been spending the past few minutes talking about, help in any language. So let's talk about what is the translation challenge?
3: Well, thank you for asking. We are very passionate about. We noticed that there is a gap between the academia, and the, and the commercial, commercial reality, like you know, translation companies, translation agencies. You know, There are great universities teaching translation to students. But, but when, when we noticed that there's a big gap, we went to our local university, which is the University of Essex based in Colchester. I say local, but this is like 40, 50 kilometers away. And we offered them this opportunity. He said, look, why don't we bring one of our customers with a real-life project to your students, and the students work on this project as if it's real. And it is actually a real project. So they get the taste of the commercial reality. And we'll manage everything so they'll get the working with the customer, working with a real translation agency, and see how how that works. That was nine years ago. And they said, yeah, great, let's give it a try. We, We didn't think... It will last this, this long, but every year it gets stronger and it's affecting hundreds of students, attracting them to to, to, to language industry. And, and what makes me proud is that they're finding jobs in Apple, Facebook, Google, you know, bigger companies as well as local translation companies. So it is making me really proud. Currently, it's in the ninth year and next year we'll be celebrating the tenth year. And from the client's point of view it's it is also beneficial because some clients in the last last couple of years they weren't thinking about doing translations and when we talk offer them this opportunity they said yeah well, that's good you know we don't mind getting a free translation getting a free promotion from a large uh, institution in the uk so so it was like Win-win for all parties.
1: I've learned a lot in this conversation. We've talked about globalization. We've talked about uh, the translation challenge. And in fact, you are helping future entrepreneurs, uh, future young entrepreneurs, and that must feel really, really good. So, Levant, I can't wait to have you back on. But in the meantime, I want to make sure all of our listeners know where they can find you, the translation challenge, and of course, your book. Uh, Can you share your contact information?
3: Absolutely, uh, Shalom. Um, Actually, I I have a free offer for, for your listeners. If they visit levant.team, Levant is my first name, that is L E V E N T dot team, T E A M, they can find a link to download the book or order it. If they are based in the UK, we'll send them a free copy or they can purchase it from Amazon. The the Kindle version, ebook version is only 99 cents. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Fantastic. I'd love to talk to anyone who has a question about localization, languages, going global.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you, Shalom. It was a total pleasure.
1: Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can get on my website, shalomklein.com or of course, follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. I'm constantly posting information including about some of the topics that we've talked about here today. We've talked about digital marketing. We've talked about globalization, all important topics. And I link to all of our guests and even give a sneak peek of future guests on the program. And all of that is exclusively available on my website, ShalomKlein.com and on my, uh, by following me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, get down to business, my, Uh, I I, I can't encourage you strongly enough to check out our amazing friend and sponsor uh, of the program, Tom Mirabali. Tom Mirabali is an independent agent uh, with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, as well as, um, again, independent. So he's able to work with you to get a quote for affordable care, affordable care, affordable health insurance for both your family as well as for your small business. You can reach him at 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477, or visit his website at healthplanchicago.com, healthplanchicago.com, or his phone number, 630-863-3477. Tell him you heard about... Uh, the free offer for a free consultation for our health insurance here on Get Down to Business. But speaking of Get Down to Business again, I've been talking about a topic for the past few weeks, and I want to continue this uh, this conversation about statements of support um, because our uh, the the conflict in Ukraine is continuing, um, and so many of us in Illinois and around the country know somebody. Uh, that has been mobilized in their service in the National Guard or one of the reserve components. Um, And the reserve components are the uh, backbone, the uh, foundation of what allows the military to deploy anywhere around the world. And it is so important that, that employers, including all of you tuning in to Get Down to Business, understand uh, their, what you can do, support those service members. So there is a way. There is a way. It's free. doesn't require much of a commitment other than showing your support. How can you show your support? Well, it's easy, actually. It's called the Employer Support for the Guard and Reserve. Employer Support for the Guard and Reserve, and that is uh, a Department of Defense program where um, where employers can... Uh, can and should show their support. Whether you have reserve or guardsmen that work in your business, um, y- you can step up and sign a statement of support. The statement of support program is the cornerstone of the ESGR. Again, that's the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve's effort to gain and maintain employer support for the Garden Reserve. The intent of the program is to increase employer support by encouraging employers to act as advocates for employee participation in the military. Support of employers are critical to maintaining the strength, the readiness of the Nation's Guard and Reserve units, and we need it now more than ever. The first statement of support was signed on December 13, 1972 in the Office of the Secretary of Defense by right the Chairman of the Board of General Motors. And guess who the first president sent a statement of support? President Richard Nixon. And in 2005, every federal cabinet secretary and all federal agencies signed a statement of support to signify their continuing efforts to be model employers. Since its inception, hundreds of thousands of employers. Have signed statements to support pledging their support to guard and reserve employees. And what uh, does this statement, which, by the way, you can review by going to esgr.mil, esgr.mil, what does it say? It says, we fully recognize, honor, and comply with the Uniformed Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act. We'll provide our managers and supervisors with the tools they need to effectively manage employees who serve in the Guard and Reserve. We appreciate the values, leadership, and unique skills service members bring to the workforce and encourage opportunities to hire guardsmen, reservists, and veterans. We will continually recognize and support our country's service members and their families in peace, in crisis, and in war. So I would encourage all of our listeners to join thousands of employers by signing a statement of support for the Guard and Reserve. So you could display it prominently for your employees, for your visitors to see. Again, it doesn't cost you a penny. It's just the right thing to do. It's not a legally binding statement other than you saying that you support our military. It's an official Department of Defense program and it's great marketing for you, for your business. And You could see a list of supportive employers in your state. Again, if you visit esgr.mil, um, there's a link right there. And here in Illinois, there's also other ways that you can involved and that's uh, by volunteering. Um, You can volunteer to get involved in the ESGR's efforts. There's always a need for people to step up, to get involved, to make a difference, to help, to uh, support local units in your community. Um, And if you are a reservist or a guardsman, you can actually nominate your employer. If they've done something uh, pretty pretty awesome. Support your service. You can uh, submit it, and a uh, an award will actually be sent over to your employer, and they'll be publicly recognized for their commitment in supporting again the guard and reserve. Um, units and service members in the community. But again, easiest way that you could do it, and this applies whether you have multiple employees or maybe it's just your one man shop, is the Statement of Support Program, which is the cornerstone of the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve, also known as ESGR's effort to maintain employer support for the Garden Reserve. You can learn more at esgr.mil, and I'll also link to it in my personal website as well, shalomkline.com. And that's where you can also download podcasts. Um, and I uh, can't wait to hear your stories. If you know of a fantastic service member in your business or in your community, uh, get in touch with me, shalomkline.com. We've got more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we to return in just a moment. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So all of our listeners certainly know how passionate I am about sharing relevant information. Obviously, we communicate on the radio, but did you know that this show is also available on your favorite podcast app? But speaking of podcasts, that's what my next guest knows a thing or two about. I'm so excited to be joined by Roger Nairn, who is a lateral thinker, problem solver, strategist, and finder of new ways. But... He's worked with a lot of different companies, and he has become that subject matter expert on the topic of podcasts and so much more. We're going to have a fun conversation. Roger, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So today's show is really focused on communication. We've already talked a little bit about speaking with confidence earlier in the program. We've talked about TEDx, actually, how to, uh, how to become a speaker. What are some of the strategies? And I know you've become a board member of TEDx Vancouver, um, which is awesome. But I would love to get to know the person behind the microphone. So, Roger, how did you become so passionate about these topics of communication, and and uh, you know, sort of become that subject matter expert that we've been talking
3: about?
4: Yeah. So I I came from the advertising world. I worked uh, twenty plus years in in the uh, in in big agencies uh, like DDB and Cossette, working with some incredible brands, and uh, absolutely love the the advertising and marketing space. But I found that. The, the relationship with the customer or the cl- you know the client or the audience was just becoming a little bit too um, impersonal and not really suited for them and so I started getting into the podcast game as a as an amateur podcaster i I used it as an excuse to have really fascinating conversations with some of my heroes and some of my uh, some of the people that I admire the most it gave me an excuse to reach out to them um, That led to us starting a company so myself and two partners started Jar Audio about five years ago. And uh, we wanted to service the the brand space so we wanted to give companies and brands uh, their their due when it comes to the podcast world. Um, I, I absolutely think that um, you know the podcast medium is is such an incredible engaging um, heartfelt medium and, and of course a brand can play a role in in its production and its distribution.
1: that's awesome. fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about that. So first of all congratulations on uh, jar audio that's that is awesome. So, Thank you. let's talk about the podcast industry today, because it does seem like everybody has a podcast. What is it like right now? Where do you anticipate things going in this world of podcasting?
4: Yeah, so it, it does seem like everybody has a podcast. There's actually over two million podcasts out there right now. Uh, interestingly, though, um, you know, the vast majority of them are are started and and stopped within the first few episodes. Uh, there's you know, there's a, a certain level of heavy lifting as you know that goes into the production and and i think that is where the future is is that you're going to see a higher level of production quality better storytelling more engaged uh you know audience opportunities and 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 so you're going to see um better quality you know similar to, to what we're seeing in the in the movie and tv world you know tv and and film are not getting worse they're getting better they're getting more diverse and more uh you know focus niche down and focused and so Sim- similar thing is happening in the, bod- in the podcast space. Um, you know, there's a certain, al- a certain amount of um, people looking for uh, great stories, really uh, great opportunities to either learn something, have a cry, have a laugh. And our opinion is that a brand absolutely has every right in the world to be able to deliver that content.
1: And, I mean, I'll, I'll just call it straight over here that, uh, you know, so many companies right now in the spot where they had a Facebook icon they're putting that uh, that that icon for Spotify for their for the <laughs> totally. podcast. Is it the right idea for a small business owner to consider starting a podcast in 2022?
4: Absolutely, uh, it's really a matter of why though. So, what you know, who is the audience that you're looking to either start, continue, or deepen a relationship with? Um, and then, what is the purpose of the podcast? Is it to just talk about your brand? Then I'd say it's probably not the best thing for you to start. Um, nobody really wants to sit down. On their own time pop on their headphones and listen to you know 10 20 30 minutes of you talking about your company and your brand but if you have a lot of value to deliver uh, and 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 can really do that on a consistent basis and at a high quality level and I said well, when I say high quality I, I just mean like you know putting all the, all the all your love and attention into the listener not into yourself uh, you know investing in you know maybe 150 200 300 dollars worth of equipment it's not a massive spend um, and then and then, just be consistent with your, your release uh, and your and your show format. Absolutely, I think that every business has has an opportunity to get it into the space, but it has to be done properly and it has to be done for a reason. And that reason has to be all about your audience and what value you can deliver
1: to them. Absolutely, I'm chatting with Roger Nairn, um, who, as we've been talking about, is a subject matter expert on the topic of podcasting. And uh, he uh, has uh, founded Jar audio, which we'll certainly send our listeners to uh, shortly. So you perfect segue over there, Roger, Um, you talked about what's involved in starting a successful podcast, you said it's not a terribly large investment, a few hundred dollars and you could get started. So I don't want to share all the secrets because I know that's what you do. Um, But what are some of the things that starting a podcast entails?
4: Yeah, so I mean, first, first of all, is is understanding who your audience is, what do they need, what you know, what sort of value you can deliver. So being super crystal clear on that, and then it's planning out what the format is. You know, are you going to do one-on-one interviews like we're doing right now? Or are you going to offer sort of panel-style interviews where you you have multiple people in the room and you have varying opinions, or are you going to do sort of like a a blend of the two, or man on the street kind of, you know, asking questions from from passersby uh there's a ton of different ways of 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 producing it but it's really about you know kind of setting up setting up what the format is and then plot out plot out what a season could look like you know season could be anywhere from 6 12 18 episodes gives you a runway to to plan understand then you know who would be the right guests for those start to reach out and talk to them start to um get an get a feel for whether they'd be right for the show of course obviously interview them You know, put together the edit and then distribute. There's a ton of different distribution platforms out there, you know, Mm -hmm. Megaphone, Omni, uh, um, you know, there's, there's dozens and
1: dozens actually. Um, Absolutely. Well, I got to squeeze in a quick break, but I want to talk about podcasting in just a moment. Quick break here and get down to business The show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that that. We'll be right back.
3: to get down to business,
1: the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship you can get on my website, shalomkline.com to get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show. Um, but speaking of the show, uh, I've been chatting with Roger Nern from Jar Audio. He's been sharing some, uh, some key tips, some shortcuts, some secrets, if you will, in the world of podcasting. And we've been talking about what's involved in creating a successful podcast. And you know, I am really, really curious about Essentially, what is a successful podcast? How do you actually measure success or your ROI, your return on your investment, Roger?
4: Yeah, so I mean, just like any good marketing medium, the answer is it—it it depends. So it depends on the organization and and what's important to you. You know, sure you can measure the size of the audience, the amount of uh, 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 downloads, the amount of um, you know un- unique listeners? That's of course you know important to measure. We we measure the. Um, the length of the listen of each episode, which to us is that sort of engagement level, how long are people listening for. But then you can also measure everything from brand lift. You know, uh, we worked with uh, Expedia, uh, obviously one of the world's largest travel groups. And for them, they wanted to measure who listened to the podcast and whether they felt like the brand was more helpful after listening to the podcast. So there's a number of different ways that you can measure. Do you want to measure traffic to your website? You can for sure measure that conversion do you want to measure whether somebody's going to go to your site and download a, a form of some sort there 's ways of conver- you know conversion tracking uh, the, you know that can all be measured and tracked these days um, so it, it really depends on what 's important to you
1: okay fantastic absolutely and you know now that you 've measured um, your audience, you know who 's listening, um, how do you actually grow your audience? How do you actually take things to the next level so it 's not just you. Um, making your, your mother and your aunt proud um, that, uh, that, that the Roger has a podcast, but now how do you expand that to uh, new markets and grow your business and share real, as you said, uh, relevant information with your audience? Well, the absolute
4: best thing you can do is to just Produce great content. Great content gets shared, just like any other medium, whether it's a TikTok video or a YouTube video or a tweet. Uh, you know, great content gets shared. Um, so, so that's the first key. But you know, treat it like any other piece of content. Um, you know, share it on your social channels. Uh, put it on your website. You know, put put links in your emails. You know, make sure it's being distributed far and wide. Um, but then also remember that just because you're, you know, a lot of podcasters focus on the next episode, the next episode, the next episode. But don't forget about those old episodes that you've already released. Re-release them. You know, insert them into contextual, contextually relevant pieces of content, whether it's your newsletter or uh, or a blog post. Um, you know, find other ways to to to, to distribute. Um, and then and then the other the other piece is to uh, um, you know try to get the conversation. Uh, started with other podcasts, uh, so we'd like to do a do, do some research on who you know. What are the other podcasts that our listeners would probably be listening to? It's the friendliest community in the world, trust me. Uh, so just find out who those contacts are, reach out to them, and say, "Hey, would you like to do a swap of our of our audiences?" And essentially, what we do sometimes is we give them an episode of ours to place on their podcast in exchange for them giving us an episode, and we'll place it on our podcast or perhaps we do uh an ad and we insert it into their podcast in exchange for them doing the same with us. It kind of works in a barter system. There's no money exchanged. It's a it's a really cool uh friendly way that the industry is is run. Um and when it comes to that, it's really it's it comes down to creativity. There's no
1: rules. Yeah, and as you discussed earlier, that distribution platform is key and it makes it actually easy to uh to do those swaps and it's about being creative, being committed, being uh being consistent with your content and producing as you said Really valuable content for your audience. I've certainly learned a lot in our conversation with Roger and Aaron. Jar Audio, I know our listeners will have a lot of questions. So, Roger, how can we get in touch?
4: Yeah, uh, check out jaraudio.com. Specifically, we've got a blog that has all sorts of great content for businesses specifically when it comes to podcasts and the podcast space and the podcast industry. And then also check us out on LinkedIn. uh, We're we're always happy to have you reach out, ask any questions. Uh, We always want to learn
1: more about what you're up to and whether there might be a, a good fit to work together. Awesome. Well, Roger and Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. That's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business. As always, you can get on my website, shalomkline.com. Um, but until next week, that's a wrap for us. To success, let's get down to business. Visit our website, shalomkline.com. And I'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560 The Answer.